And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts. We travel to understand what things the Lord does require of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, what's the best thing that can happen to the church? Growth, right? Right? What's the worst thing that can happen to the church? Growth, right? All right, why and why? Because growth means that more people are getting saved and we are one more salvation closer to the return of the Lord. That's awesome. But because growth comes, comes human management and influence on the structural elements of a gathering. Complaining often manifests. Not every complaint regarding the church is a deficient complaint. Ooh, this ought to be juicy. Next, so what was the issue with the church? There were two types of Jewish people in the faith. Remember, no Gentiles yet. There were Hebraic and Grecian Jews. The trouble was that the Grecian Jews were contributing to the cause. They were giving to the work. However, their widows were being neglected. Here's the key. It's not that there's a problem. It's all about how we handle problems. Get it? And finally, the apostles made a significant point. Their task was to oversee the church, but certain affairs could be and should be handled by others. Their commitment was diving deeper into the scriptures and prayer. Here is a glimpse of the early church forms of church government. It's a collaboration between the people and the leaders. Anything else is contrary to God. And it's all about continual partnerships. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, 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 how's it going? Hey, hey, hey. We're asking you, what do you think? <laughs> You can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770 when you call. 972 972- Four four five zero seven seven zero. Captain Chris will answer the phone, and it's like you're riding on the rainbow. Woo! And then you will be. You can be sad when I don't add things to it, aren't you? That's gonna be a yeah. bummer. Yeah, it's coming. You know, just letting you know. Uh, here's the bottom line. 
Any topic is open for conversation. There's a couple of reasons why. One is not professional radio. (laughs) It's so far from professional radio. There's professional radio. There's radio. There's delayed radio. There's replayed radio. There's two cans and a string. And then there's our show. Somewhere down there. Bottom line to that, if you have a thought, an opinion, a comment, or a question, you are welcome to reach out and talk to us. You are welcome to share, especially a praise report, which really blesses people, or a prayer request, which helps us join together our faith. Paul said in Romans 15, 30, simply this, join me by in my struggle by praying for me. It's like that's how you join a struggle. You pray. You Sometimes you give, but most of the time prayer is the first place that you step into it. Bottom line to that. That's three bottom lines in one intro. I just want to let you know. If you want to call and share, if you want praise, if you want prayer, if any of that stuff is moving on you, you're welcome to. You have to have a kind of a place to go. Uh, it's not that you can't complain on the other shows. It's not that you can't have Kvetch Fest in other places. We don't. We're not saying that. Just on this show, we're trying to lift each other up daily, take 90 minutes out of our day to say, smile. You're not on candid camera, but you are on forever television in eternity. So just keep that in mind. Here's your first trivia question. In Psalm 23, what type of pastures does the Lord make the writer lie down in? What type of pastures does the what kind of pastures does the Lord make the writer lie down in from Psalm 23? If you think you know the answer, somebody calling in, you can call in like they're doing. That's one way to do it. That's the 972-445-0770. We give that out because maybe the person is ordering a pizza. Uh, also, you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must increase dot. Org. <laughs> you don't have to pay for that. Believe David and he must say, you believe I have to pay for that? That's uh, amazing. All right, but somebody ready to answer the question? All right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. Hey, Gary. Great to hear your voice. I'm gonna. I'm just going to go out on a limb and tell you I feel strong that you will know this. How's that? That's my affirmation to you. Because, <laughs> because I know well, you know your Bible. All right. Simply put. In Psalm 23, what type of pastures does the Lord make the writer lie down in? Green. That is correct, sir! There's two things that that makes me think about, Gary. One is, if if you ever notice, everybody thinks it's always greener on the other side. (laughs) You ever heard that expression say, it's greener on the other side? It's always greener on the other side. That's one of the weird things. And then the other part about that is the the waters that go with it. What kind of waters are there? There's the green pastures. And do you remember what kind of waters? What kind of water? Uh, You know, I've forgotten that temporarily. It's still waters. Still waters, That's right. And it's like there's a calmness. And a loveliness, I want to say lovely, but kind of a beautifulness to the whole process when the Lord has you take a seat. It's That's an awesome, awesome process to think of. But excellent job, my brother, and I appreciate you nailing that down right away. Thank you, and I'll keep praying for all of you. Please do so. We will for you as well. Okay, thank you. All right, God bless you. All right, Gary, one of our favorite people right there. All right, now we've got uh, stuff to do, but last time I didn't do the sound buildup. That's right. I'm older now. Yeah, now. Now would be good. Wow! 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 
All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! You'd think that by now I'd come up with something more original. But uh, no, that, that's, really, it's not, that's really not what's happening. Okay, let me read this to you, and I want to bring this up because this is really, 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 really important. Now, in those days, this is uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 1, by the way. In those days when the number of disciples was multiplying. Okay, you see now everybody follow it? It's not even a complex story. In those days... Okay, so, so uh, following the days where the disciples were kind of uh, incorrectly harassed and great statements came out, you already see the church is going in a certain direction. When the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists or Grecians because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Let's please be mature enough to understand something as Bible-believing, born-again Christians who seek to honor God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ, as we are led by the Holy Spirit, when growing happens, it's wonderful. I mean, it's great. But with growing comes that weird phrase that we used as kids. Remember that phrase? Growing pains. And there's a reason that phrase is used. Now, we don't know exactly how much time has passed. We, we could have been a decent amount of time that passed, but the church was growing. And as it's growing, there are always obstacles on the outside, and now we see an obstacle from within, which should tell you and I something being more mature. I mean, remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, that we need to be more mature and put away childish things and be more adults in our thinking. Look, as it grows, there's the opposition from the world is going to create problems. We understand that. And the inevitability of within problems, inside problems are going to grow. Ironically, in this chapter, verse 1 through 7, talk about within problems, and then 8 through 15, talk about problems on the outside. But as the early church is growing, it doesn't matter what, that there's going to be problems. It all matters on how the problems are handled. What was the actual complaint the, and I'll call them Grecians because I think that's better than Hellenistic. The Grecian Jewish people and the Hebraic Jewish people were giving to the cause. They were all contributing. Everybody putting in money for the pizza, right? But one group of the Grecian people weren't getting any slices. And that's a problem. And you know what? It was a problem. And when the church goes through something and you need to change it, instead of trying, everybody trying to look, I don't want to single out any uh, particular government, okay? Blame Canada. But if there is anybody that's trying to not act like there's anything wrong, it's like, what? When there's a problem, go, yeah, there's a problem. There is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we need to make some better solutions. Yes, we have to have some better approaches. Let's work together should be the attitude, not a defiancy. And in the early church, you see this wisdom where two different groups come together. There's a complaint lodged, and they don't start yelling at each other. They work together to resolve it. What a, what a mind blower that is. Or that's just the difference between immature and mature. We'll take our break, and then we will come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running. 
This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Who is David Spoon? We have on the line Tina from Elko. Tina, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing today? What, I am doing great. One, the, is this the first time you've heard the show? No, I listen to you every time I get into my car when I leave my job. Ah, awesome. Thank you very much. Is there anything that we can be praying for just to be in agreement with you regarding anything that the Lord's working on in you? Yeah, there okay. is. Okay, fire away. Um, first of all, I'd like to see my family's hearts turned. Second of all, I am not putting God first and... I'm not being obedient in certain ways. Let me sum it up a little bit. I have a boyfriend. Okay. I should answer it. So I really need prayer to get back on track with God. Okay. Let me pray with you, okay? Okay. Thank All right. You. Let's pray. Lord, we just come before you right now, and we lift up Tina to you, and we ask you right now in the name of Jesus that uh, first and foremost you would work on her family's hearts, that uh, there'd be a softening, and that there'd be a grace and a mercy given uh, to the family and uh, between the relationship that Tina has with the family, and we just pray that your mercy would prevail, and we just pray that you would encourage her. Instead of this being a discouragement, let this become an encouragement that she is a daughter of the Most High seeking out help from her Heavenly Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. As we get ready for our next trivia question, we will play this first. All right. Now, the reason I'm doing that is because I want you to think before you answer. <laughs> In Isaiah 32. Okay, does that, does that make that clear? <laughs> I don't know how to make that any more clear. In Isaiah 32. You think that? Okay. In, In Isaiah 32. 
What is poured out to make the desert a fertile field and the fertile field seem like a forest? Hmm. Interesting, Dave. What is poured out to make the desert a fertile field and the fertile field seem like a forest? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770, text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must org. You just have to look at Isaiah 32 if you don't know. Don't Google it. It's not that I'm opposed to people using search. I just want you to look it up in the Bible. Unless your Bible is, you know, and if you do have a Bible that's electronic, look it up through that system. That's all I'm asking. Okay. Ah, see, this is a very, very challenging one because the common answer is not the answer. Ugh! That's why we played the horn. In Isaiah, okay, in Isaiah 32, what is poured out to make the desert a fertile field and the fertile field seem like a forest? In fact, just for safety's sake, have you ever seen me do this? I don't do this very often. Do I? I don't do this very often. I'm even going to open up my Bible to Isaiah 32, okay, just so that we can know where uh, what we're talking about, okay? All right. What will be poured out, okay? Okay, there we go. I'm going to give everybody a chance to double-check your answers. Deb got it right. Oh, Deb scores. I hit Deb scores first. There we go. All right. In the meantime, I do have these jokes. And Chris has the buzzer. Okay. Here we go. A Sunday. Nice recovery. Joy. <laughs> a Sunday school teacher was telling her class the story of the Good Samaritan in which a man was beaten, robbed, and left for dead. She described the situation in vivid details so her students would catch the drama. Then she asked the class, if you saw a person lying on the roadside, all wounded and bleeding, what would you do? A little thoughtful girl, a thoughtful little girl, sorry, broke her hushed silence and said, I think I'd throw up. Come on, people. That's funny stuff. All right. I got a couple of small ones. <laughs> These are buzzer worthy, <laughs> buzzer worthy ones. Uh, just laugh. I need a minute. Uh, in which battle did Napoleon die? His last battle. <laughs> okay. Uh, where was the Declaration of Independence signed? At the bottom of the page. Okay. Another another not great one. Uh, this, don't get mad. What is the main reason for divorce? Marriage. <laughs> see, see, that's, come on, people. What can you never eat for breakfast? Lunch and dinner. Okay. There we go. <laughs> okay. Last one. <laughs> I didn't say it'd all be good. What looks like half an apple? The other half. <laughs> See, I love that. Uh, weird. Okay. Uh, trivia question. Well, the first one was funny. 
the thing about the marriage and divorce, that's funny. Uh, Isaiah 32. What is poured out to make the desert a fertile field and the fertile field seem like a forest? There we go. Uh, if you think you know the answer, reach out to us at 972-445-0770. Uh, and then you can also text in 214-210-8483. Don't be offended when I do jokes. I understand. Some people. I've been through many hard things. So has every other person on the planet, okay, including babies when they come out and get smacked in the tushy before they do a single thing. Ow! Okay, that's how it starts. Let's go back to the text. Thank you very much. Now, in those days, there were a number of disciples uh, was multiplying. There rose a complaint against the Hebrews by the, Hel the Hellenists, or what we'll say Grecian uh, Grecian Jews, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude together, multitude of disciples together, and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. couple things I want you to know that are superbly important about this experience of what's going on that's taking place, okay? We've already talked about the church acting more mature on how to engage problems. Because you know what? Problems are going to happen. Jesus never said, believe in me, and you'll never have another problem again. That's not what he said. What he said is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's the promise we have from him. So at this time, I want you to understand what's going on in the church. The church is completely Jewish. Remember, we haven't gotten to that point yet where Peter has that um, amazing vision, and then he goes and he shares the gospel with the Gentiles. It hasn't taken place yet. So you have two types of Jewish people, the Grecian Jews, and these are people that were born in lands basically other than Palestine. They were more Greek in their culture, and then you had the Hebraic Jews, and these are people who strived to preserve the Jewish culture. Culture. Why that's important is because neither one of these groups were attempting to fight to insert their culture on the other groups. That was not what was going on. What was going on is that there was a basic human neglect for one group of people because they were in many ways thought inferior. And so the solution was for them to come together, come to some kind of realization that they need to do a better job because widows, who were widows indeed, were being neglected, and that's not okay. It's not okay from the process. Here the disciples say something that's amazing, and I, get, I want you to understand it because it's really important. They said they summoned the, the multitude of disciples and said it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. They, did not, they were not talking about being a waiter or a waitress. Though there's nothing wrong with being a waiter or a waitress. I myself was a busboy at John Gardner's Ranch in Phoenix, Arizona, one of my first jobs I ever had. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. It's a fantastic uh, – I think people that serve people food deserve actually more. I think they should get more than the tips. That's just my opinion because most people are grumpy when they come in to eat. Just my theory. Even though tip means to ensure promptness, I just think that they should be – but that's not what's going on here. What's going on here, so that you can understand, is that the tables were the places that funds and supplies were distributed to the widows. In other words, like any other operation <laughs> in any other place, the widows would come to the table or the people in need would come to the tables and they would get food and they would get financial help and they would get clothing and everything else 
So the tables were the point of contact where the where the person would receive what it is they needed. That's that's all it is. And the disciples were simply saying, "Okay, look." Or the apostles were saying, "Look, it's probably and, and I think I I'm sure they did this humbly, although I'm amazed that that they would have to but it's probably not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. In other words, we're hammering out doctrines and we're pouring out these truths into churches and the churches are spreading, the disciples are growing, and the teaching load has got to be enormous by this point. I mean, it's just got to be, you know, uh, lights out. And there's, I don't see a ton of places where they're talking about um, the discipleship process where they're, you know, they're, they're doing enough uh, delegating at this point for teaching. They're still the primary teachers, and they're just simply saying, we are so slammed with doing the core things of the gospel, we need help. And we don't think it's right for us to do the other things. They weren't being arrogant. They weren't being prideful. They weren't looking down on people that were serving the tables. They weren't doing any of that. They were simply saying, we have a mission. We have a call. We have to fulfill it. In order for us to work together, we're going to have to band together to figure out, you know, kind of collectively get together to work this out. The, the commentary point that should be made about this is threefold. One, nobody is trying to insert anybody's culture on anybody else. That wasn't the goal. The goal was basic needs. And when we miss that, we miss a lot. Number two, they were working together. They were trying to come up with a solution. That's why they brought it to the leaders of the church. And number three, the leaders were very clear. We have a position. We understand what we're doing, but we need your help to get all of this stuff done. We can't do it all by ourselves. There you go. That's just like, wow, how does that not make sense? Well, of course it makes sense. It's just that people don't do that. <laughs> but it makes sense. Sorry. Uh, the answer to the trivia question, Isaiah 32, what is poured out to make the desert a fertile field and the fertile field seem like a forest? That would be the spirit. The spirit. Water would have been the right normal guess, but in God's economy, it's the Holy Spirit that pours out and makes things grow. Okay? All right. All right. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind destroying everyone and everything we find is the hungry giant. Hello. Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! 
just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, so you may appeal to a higher power. What is the David Spoon experience? You get into the Word of God and something's going to happen that will blow your mind. Ready? The law of the Lord is perfect, Psalm 119.7 says, able to restore the soul. And I've been in I've been doing this for a long time, and in my 42 and a half years of devotions and in my diligent devotion time, I kind of separate that between the two. I cannot tell you, it must be thousands of times where my attitude has been... And then I went into the Word of God, and I came out different. It wasn't anything that I did as much as God speaking into me what he knows about his creation. And so I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, even if you've been a Christian for 50 years, for 60 years, Nay, for 70 years, like the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos, be in the Word of God. It is alive, and it will give life and impart life to you through God's Spirit. People come and they read the Word of God, and they're like, well, I get nothing out of it. Well, they don't mix it with faith, and the Word of God, the promises of God not mixed with faith are useless because you have to be engaged with God. And no, he's going to speak. And people are like, well, that's a, that's a lot of requirement for me to get in there and read the Word of God. You want me actually to believe that God's going to speak to me? Yes, because he will. And if you don't, you won't hear him. So when you open up that book, take 30 seconds, more than you ever have before, and say, just in this moment, just at this time, Tune me in, Lord. Help me to hear what you have to say. Speak to me and let your word breathe life into me. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a penalty. As Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. As we get ready for our next trivia question. Actually, this one will be easier than the last one, technically. In which of Paul's letters is there a list of nine characteristics described as the fruit of the Spirit? Ooh. In which of Paul's letters is there a list of nine characteristics described as the fruit of of the spirit if you think you know the answer you can call in 972-445-0770 you can text in 214-210-8483 then you can send an email david at he must increase dot org i will say that joy ann and cordelia struck first struck first see last time they struck first but then they had to change their answer ah i told on you uh-huh uh, so there's the question. So uh, bottom line is a couple of things. You can call in 972-445-0770, text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at he must increase 
Org. The question is, which of Paul's letters is there a list of nine characteristics described as the fruit of the Spirit? It is right here at this point that we often send you to the website, which is we are, what we are going to do. Not going to make this overly complex. Just going to say straightforward, uh, if you can give, give. Okay? I just don't know how to say that any better. And if you have a prayer request or a praise report, either one, please uh, take advantage of that opportunity on the website. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. Is that the same one as the last one? That was different? How was that whistle different than the last one? What was the difference? Weren't you paying attention? Well, I was, but I didn't really catch a huge dip. What was it? Just... That was more of like slipping on a banana peel. Oh. <laughs> I didn't jump. I just slipped. Okay. All right. The other one I like, I got to say, I, the other one caught my heart. <laughs> you guys got to listen to this stuff. We don't. I don't even know what's going on. Cap Chris doing stuff underneath. He's on his own. He's a rebel without a cause. Anyway, I'm sailing this ship right into the rocks, okay? <laughs> Watch the sandbar. Watch the sandbar. Uh, all right. In the meantime, the trivia question. People are like, are you guys having way too much fun? Yes. In uh, which of Paul's letters is there a list of nine characteristics described as the fruit of the Spirit? That is the question. If you think you know the answer, reach out to us, 972-445-0770. If you can't get to the phone because you slipped on a banana peel, <laughs> you can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. Let's do a little bit of history. Let's go All right, today is Random Acts of Kindness Day. It's really kind of funny because one of my friends wrote one of the original books on that many moons, the original, like, evangelical book on that many moons ago. Uh, kind of a brilliant guy. Uh, today is Washington's birthday, and it is also Birthington's Wash Day. What do you think? Okay. I've been using that joke for 45 years, almost 50 years. It's my mom's fault. Uh, it's President's Day, isn't it? Is it? I think it's today's President's Day. Isn't it supposed to be President's Day? Or it used to be President's Day? Okay, I can't even. <sighs> Al just told me his birthday is the 19th. Make sure on Saturday to say happy birthday, Al. Everybody. He's going to be. Oh, do you want me to do this, Al? He's going to be 21. <laughs> okay. Uh, today is also National Indian Pudding Day, which, I don't know, have you ever had? I don't even know what that is. What is that? Well, he doesn't know either. And National Championship Crab Races Day. I'm just not doing well on these days. I'm just not really following a lot of it. So, so it's, perhaps it's uh, it's my fault. Oh, I get it. 1876 on this day, canned sardines first made their approach i guess that's why it's i don't know i don't know how that it's even not a applies. good day so far not a great day uh 1895 first reoccurring comic strip character the yellow kid by richard felton uh makes the newspaper debut i can live with that that's all right right it's not the worst first uh color mary melodies cartoon 
Honeymoon Hotel premieres. That also happened. I can live with that. First weather satellite is launched in 1959. I think they're still using the same one since they don't seem to ever get that right. And then uh, 1933 Newsweek is published for the first time. I can live without that. All right, so <laughs> it's all right. All right. Unless this is a day that something specific happened or somebody's birthday, which we're not trying to make fun of. It seems like it's just an okay day. <laughs> That's all I'm going to leave. Uh, the trivia question, in which of Paul's letter is there a list of nine characteristics described as the fruit of the Spirit? Let's go back to the text. So I want to make sure you get this. There's very important uh, points that are here. The last segment in this is just stellar, but this part is really important. Now, in those days, the number of disciples were multiplying. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Grecians because their widows were neglected in daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business." Two things I want you to bring up. Very difficult for people to, to, to grasp this, and I want to say it. I'm not saying you're not smart. I'm saying our visions of this are kind of colluded and diluted, and I want to be really careful how I bring this up. In church, in your church that you go to, or in any church that you go to, no matter what you say to me, there is some form of business, okay? I don't mean that in a rude capacity. I don't mean that in the, uh, it's capitalism, it's socialism, it's any of that. There's just business to handle. There are things to be paid. There are people to be taken care of. There is maintenance. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but at the church you go to, there has to be maintenance, there has to be maintenance of the restrooms. There has to be maintenance of the classrooms. If you go to a multi-service uh, a multi-service church, there has to be maintenance in between services. There has to be a timing coordination. There has to be a coordination between the worship team slash band slash choir slash singer and the pastor who's teaching. Uh, and, and even if it's the same person, what we used to call a two-trick pony, who's doing the worship and the preaching, still have to have a time segment where it goes. You have to have a beginning. You have to have an end. You usually have some kind of introduction. You'll have some kind of website. You'll have some kind of promotion. You'll have some kind of event. You have, there's so much that goes on in the micro concept of a church. It's not a matter of everybody just showing up in Encanto Park and having somebody play and preach, and that's all there is to it. So that's not how it works. And in the early church, you see they had business formats that they had to deal with. They had serving that they had to take care of. They had widows they had to take care of. They had teaching they had to take care of, times of prayer. They had a facility they had to take care of, all of that. Why I'm bringing all of that up is this simple reason. In James chapter 4, verse 1, it makes reference to the fact that there are divisions because of our human nature and because of demonic powers, there are divisions that take place all the time. This is the testimony of the church in the beginning. They were different. They approached things differently. They had a different culture. They had a different idea, and they became a collective unit to solve an issue. Unity is not conformity, but unity does require movements of love and compassion and grace towards one another. 
the church has uh, done maybe not the best job in the denominational relationships, although give them credit, at least Easter now, they have 10, 20, 30 denominations that try to get there. At least they're trying. I mean, that's that's a good thing. But in within the church, there are people that like to engage in the divisionary process because they go, well, it should be this way, or it should be this way, or it should be this way. Just because you think it should be a way doesn't mean your way is God's way. And God's way is for people to be servants first. And if you want to be a great leader, be the least. If you want to be the best leader in the kingdom of God, be the least, not the loudest. It's funny you hear me say that as a radio guy, right? On a microphone, I understand. But the truth is the truth. It doesn't change because of me or anybody else. It's human nature and demonic powers that bring division and splits. But it's the Spirit of God that brings unity. And that's the big part of this. We have one heavenly Father. Jesus, when he prayed the prayer and the, and the, in teaching them to pray, the Lord's Prayer, he said, Our Father who art in heaven, not my Father. When you look at Jesus Christ, you understand that it is by his blood that we are all reconciled. Not some, not some of the Baptists, some of the Pentecostals. Everybody that's an authentic believer, regardless of their denomination. And we all drink of one Holy Spirit. And the only people that mess up the unity that comes from the church is people that are operating in a carnal capacity, in their flesh, in the human nature, from a worldly influence, or being influenced by demons. Period. Oh, that's just ouch. Here's the trivia. In which of Paul's letters is there a list of nine characteristics described as the fruit of the Spirit? That would be the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. Thank you very much. We're going to take our break and come back. I got something even more startling coming up. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill. Can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself. I go down to the jail. The David Spoon Experience. I am such a sinner. Not just a sinner. I am such a sinner. I'm like the biggest sinner ever. That's how I felt. And then it was the understanding that God really cared about me. And therein lies the key. Because God did care. He does care. And it's the same for you. You're listening to me. He does care. And that pain you're going through, it makes him weep. And you might say, well, you can't back that up spiritually or scripturally. Yes, I can. John chapter 11, verse 35, Jesus wept, not for Lazarus. Lazarus was getting up in five minutes, but all the grief and the pain around him. Come on. God has a heart. His heart's bigger than your heart. So here's part of the things that I, I mean, I'm skipping, I'm skipping light years. I'm just going past it, but it's like, when that guy started crying and I started getting mad and then he said it was, this is how the Lord feels for you. and This is the, the Lord's heart for you. It just showed me I'm so hard hearted. I'm, I'm like, a, I'm like, a, I'm like a, a, a rock, but not in a good way. 
You know, I'm like a like a dumb rock. Like, oh man, what's the matter with me? And so, you know what he did when he was done doing that? Because now I'm gone, right? Because now you, how do you think after after that happens? How do you think I feel? Okay, so now I'm like, please pray for me. <laughs> That's right, because I'm just lost. And he prays for me, and it's powerful. It's like you know, it's unbelievable. It's just really, very, really powerful. Here's the thing that leads up to it. Now, are we ready? Because and that is the the powerful point, especially when he cried. But it turns out that I went to that church for a little while. You want to hear something absolutely, positively, mind-blowing, amazing? Three months later on a Sunday night, I was preaching in that church. And I was preaching Romans 1.16, the very first thing I ever taught in my life. In that church, in Pastor David Huntsworth Church, Abundant Life in Dillon, Colorado. And I'll tell you one thing that I hope you really hear. And that is that one experience so affected me, I was never the same person again. It just showed me that God really does care. We're pretty hard-hearted. Yeah, we're kind of, we're mashugi from time to time. Not God. He's totally awesome. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. You guys should do pretty good on this one. The last trivia question In which garden was Jesus arrested? In which garden was Jesus arrested? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at org. Now, this last segment is super teachy important. <laughs> is that a good way to say it? So I'm not going to do all the other typical stuff I do. We're going to kind of go right into it. I will do the trivia question one more time just to give it a chance, but you got to catch this because I don't want to blow it. I want to do my best to kind of communicate. So here's the trivia question. Which garden was Jesus arrested? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770 or text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. This is the last section on this Beginning portion, I want you to catch it super-duper-duper-duper-duper-duper-duper important. Okay. In those days, the number of disciples was multiplying. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Grecian Jews because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Verse 3. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They had a situation that was bad. The, the Grecian Jewish people... And the uh, the uh, Hellenistic or the the Grecian Jewish people and the pure Jewish people per se they were at odds because or the, we would say the Hebraic Jews the Grecian Jews and the Hebraic Jews were at odds because all of the widows weren't being taken care of because everybody was given to the cause but only the Hebraic 
widows were being taken care of. That was a problem. They had to solve it. They used maturity. They went forward. They they brought it to the disciples. The disciples came with a solution. We already know churches have problems. Churches have a lot of business stuff going on. Listen to how they did this. This is amazing. Look ye out or pick you out or select seven men from among you. Why? The traditional number used in Jewish communities for public affair committees was seven. That's why. <laughs> wow, okay. Straightforward. Then he they say this. They say pick seven men of good reputation. Okay? And not just good reputation, right? Six men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. There are three qualifications. What's funny is that these are diakonos people, servants or ministers, but they only had three qualifications where if you read in 1 Timothy and you, you chapter 3, you see there's other qualifications for deacons. Why is that? Well, this is the early church, and remember what we tried to teach. In Titus, there's a different set of uh, qualifications than there is in Timothy because they were in different circumstances. In this circumstance, it was a completely different circumstance. They weren't going to go through this entirely huge list. The disciples were were as good as they could get, and so they gave them three qualifications. Good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, go. You're good to go. You breathing? Yeah? Okay. Full of the Holy Spirit? Yeah? Okay, good. Good reputation? Yeah? You got some wisdom? Yeah? You're in. (laughs) That That was it. And so there was only three qualifications for these deacons. You're thinking, but there were so many more qualifications for Timothy and then different qualifications for Titus. Yeah, all the situations were different. And when you have a different situation, you have different qualifications. So they picked seven men, all with, by the way, Grecian connections. And the seven men were honest reputation, full of spirit and wise. They were the number for the Jewish committee, and they were going to take care of it. And look what the disciples say, the apostles say. This is what's huge. Brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of Holy Spirit wisdom, that whom we may appoint over this business, but we should give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I want you to get this one thing. One thing I got to communicate. I don't care what ministry you have. I hope you have the greatest ministry. I hope you come from this ministry and you go lead a billion people to Jesus. That'd be fantastic. Five billion people to Jesus. As many people as on the planet, go do it. But whatever it is the Lord has put on you, whatever the Lord has put inside of you, whatever your burden, we used to say your burden or your vision, your burden. We used to communicate that if there's something you see, the Lord's probably put it there and he put it in you for a reason. Look what the apostles say and understand how ministry should be approached. Verse 4, we shall give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That was their specific ministry. What's your specific ministry? Give yourself continually to it. Period. Don't be a little bit of dabble here, a little bit of dabble here. Remember what Paul writes at the end of one of his epistles, take heed to fulfill your ministry. Make sure that you aren't just saying, well, this is the ministry the Lord's given me, and I dabble in it every so often. Isn't that fantastic? No, that's terrible. 
because instead of dabbling, you need to be committed to it continually. I don't, it doesn't matter if it's intercessory prayer. It doesn't matter if it's cleaning up after a service. It doesn't, I'm not saying which category. I, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. Whatever it is the Lord has put before you in your heart to do, whatever you do, you do with all your might before the Lord. That's what's called for. Ministry is in honor and a place to worship God. You know, it, it's going to sound as bizarre as it can be, but when I'm doing this radio show and, and I know the zone is there and it's happening, like, you know, it's like, oh, this hitting on all cylinders. I know this is speaking to people, whatever. This is exactly what the Lord wants. We're right in the right spot. Everything's being said right. Everything is being done right. And that doesn't happen all the time, but it happens. In those moments, I'm worshiping. Because I am so blessed to be in partnership with God. I'm not worthy of it. I'm not worthy of any of it, okay? I'm not worthy to be saved. I'm entitled to nothing. And the fact that I get to participate with God, I'm blessed beyond measure. I have a saying that I say to my brother, God's goodness is beyond me. It's just I'm, it's better than I am. And that should be everybody's heart for what the Lord has put in your life. And don't tell me, don't, don't just, I'm going to say this in the nicest way. Don't give me all the excuses. <laughs> I know them too. You're in good company when you're making excuses because Moses did that. But that's not the answer, is it? Well, I can't speak well. Okay, well, you're still doing it. Well, I don't want I don't care. No. Even Jeremiah, oh, I'm just a child. Don't say that. I mean, there's just so many different things in Scripture where a guy goes, nah, I'm not putting up with that. You go do what I told you to do, period. And don't come up with the excuse. And it's a form of worship. It's a form of adoration. It's a form of praise. And you might think, well, you're going to tell me that if I work at a church and I direct cars to uh, parking spots and try and keep people safe in the in that parking lot area, that that's a form of worship? You bet, unless you have the wrong spirit, it certainly is. In fact, it's a big one because you hardly get any recognition. I do like uh, long ago when Tom Stipe was alive at, at the Vineyard Church in Colorado, they used to have a thing. And this amazing thing, I do love stuff like this because it's it's the right recognition. So the and I I think I've mentioned it before. So they're parking people because they had a huge church, like five thousand people. The parking people, all the parking people got special jackets. Not even the pastor could get it the jacket. Nobody, but the parking people. That was a way of recognizing them. That's what I'm talking to see that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the right spirit. That's the spirit that we ought to have. That attitude, that disposition. And you think, and I, I got to say, I, it's just, I, one of the things I've been doing more in my older, in my, in my later part of my walk, I'm praying more for maintenance people at churches. It's the weirdest thing. But nobody ever thinks much about the fact that without those people, <laughs> it would not be a pleasant experience. I'm just saying, don't get mad. It's like, it's true. Without those people, it's not a pleasant experience. Praise the Lord that he has workers all over the place like that.
So that's the, the text I want you to have. A lot of teaching in this text, but it's important to understand what's going on. And now in those days, the number of disciples were multiplying. There was a complaint against the, against the Hebrews by the Grecians because their widows were neglected in daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Remember, tables were the place for distribution to take place. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among yourselves seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Okay? All right. There you go. Does that make sense? All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, I love doing that voice. I don't know why. Uh, trivia question. Okay. Uh, in which garden was Jesus arrested? In Gethsemane. In the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, isn't that amazing? Just, just, I thought about this a little bit earlier. Isn't that amazing that in the same garden that Jesus was praying, in the same garden where the disciples were praying, in the same garden was like a retreat place in its own way, came also the same place that they arrested him. It's like, see? It's like, wow. Anything can happen anywhere, right? And he even prayed, don't let it happen. Lord. The Father said, no, it's got to happen. It's like, okay, right all right, now you guys know I love you. Keep us in, keep me in prayer. Keep the family in prayer, uh, especially Julianne and Jared. I talked to Julianne for about 30 minutes today, and she's in a really great place. But I just want you guys to pray for them because I'm praying for them so much. I hope you'll do that. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break, then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.